Welcome to a very special edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with the legendary Hammond B3 jazz organist, Dr. Lonnie Smith. Over the course of a lengthy, open conversation, Dr. Smith went through the full lineage of his career, dispensing wisdom and love and everything that he has garnered from the world at large over the years. Full of stories, anecdotes, wisdom, and a very original Dr. Smith story through and through, I think you're going to dig this. Enjoy. Hello. Good afternoon, Mr. Smith. Is it Joe? Yeah, this is Joe Domino, Dr. Smith. How are you? Oh, good morning. Fantastic. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you very much for your time today. No problem. What are you doing up this early? Uh, <laughs> you know, early bird gets the worm, I guess. Uh, that's right. You're right about that. Again, thank you very much for uh, letting us speak with you. And I'm just going to go ahead and hop right in here and ask you, first of all, on your new label, Pilgrimage, what are you working on right now? Do you have anything that's in the works uh, on the heels of the album, The Healer? Uh, am I working on something new, you mean? Yes. Well, I have something in mind, but I'm not sure just how, uh, which way I'm going to... It's not that I don't know what I'm going to do musically, but uh, I'm just trying to figure out how am I going to do it. Gotcha. But, yeah, it's not... I already know what I want to do, and it's going to be nice, but I know that much. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm going to go to the beginning of your life here, so to speak, with uh, who you call an angel, Art Kubra, who gave you he, he gave he gave you your first Hammond B3. How old were you, and what were your feelings when you got that instrument for the first time? Hmm, I was about I started late. I had to be around twenty, something like that. gave you an appreciation for gospel, classic, and jazz. How important was that to have all of those genres of music to give you the appreciation as a musician? Uh, as a musician, it helped me so much because I don't think she was thinking of it in those terms uh, because what happened, uh, all this was the same. Her mother, they had a early gigs, the first gigs you had in Buffalo, what was the scene like? Mm. 
you do is make a job, I say. You make a, a job. Like when I went out, the very first, one of the very first gigs my brother and I played, some fella, it wasn't the first gig, but I was singing. And uh, they were playing, and, and uh, we went to audition for this club. They wanted some music. And the fella took took us to, rec- uh, to audition, and the band gave us a job. But that they were supposed to play that weekend, the, the fella didn't call us back. Not the person that owned the club, but the fellow who had us audition. So he he got some other people and he played, but he got the job. <laughs> so we went by the club and we asked him. He said, what? and the club owner said, "What happened to you?" Yo, I say, nobody called us. So yeah. so I say, look, I told the, the owner. I said, if we worked here, I could bring people there. Yeah. If we don't draw, don't pay us. Right. I I made a gig. Went in there, he gave us a, a job, or he tried us out on a Sunday afternoon. I think it was 1 o'clock or something, 2 o'clock. And uh, people were walking by and they heard the music. And they started coming in. And he started getting a lot of the crowd. Yeah. And that, that did it. Right on. That, and I, it was, it was really something. You would, it would have to see that to see it work. It was like really uh, outstanding. But the scene, I wanted to play Oregon. Only because my brothers played guitar, bass, and drums. And there was no keyboard. I would just think. So I wanted to be up there playing myself. So uh, I was saying, you know, people love vocals and horn players and things. But I would just sit until it's time for me to go up and play, a sing. So so I wanted to play. So uh, the club owner bought a, uh, a friend of mine had a keyboard. And he brought it by for $5. He let me rent it. Now, I didn't play, remind you. Yeah. I took a couple of chords, but I, I didn't play. And uh, he bought a keyboard for me, and I would go around to the other clubs, anywhere where there's somebody playing an organ or something, right? Mm-hmm. And I would, we would go in, I would sit in, and we would start playing. And the... the we were supposed to be playing at the other club that that we had gotten. Yeah. And I come back about an hour late or so, you know, from playing and driving. He had to drive, first of all. And uh, we got back and he says, where have you been? People were there waiting for the hear the music. And uh, so I said, well, get out. He said, well, where were you? Don't leave here no more. You stay here, don't. I said, look, you can't tell me where to go. <laughs> I said, I go to Japan and back as long as I come back on time. Yeah. <laughs> I, you could either find me. And then I said, we quit. Interesting. And I told the people, this would have been a great movie to see. What did happen? I told the people that we were going at this certain club because they had an organ. Yeah. Very little. And we told them, and they all got in their cars. Huh. It was unbelievable. Yeah. That's it was awesome. Great. Yeah, but the club, the club scene uh, back in the day, like as you act earlier, uh, Buffalo used to be, they used to have a lot of acts like um, Little Richard, Fast Domino, and you know, a lot of different acts like that, you know. But, uh, I wasn't playing then, but as when I started playing, I was playing a lot of the blues, singing yeah. blues, and that got me into the other, but I I love jazz, I would listen to jazz, to hear jazz, so I, I 
his groups, he booked a lot of groups. He was a manager. And he said, if the organ that was leaving, he said, that we need an organ. So I, I said, well, I talked to my brothers, and, and they thought, I said, well, I didn't want to leave them, you know. So yeah. I said, if, I said, if I, if I do well, I'll get you out of here. And I left. And they say, okay, it's okay. It's, we understand. So I left. And the group, Larry Bryant group, we started playing behind a lot of Motown groups that would come through. Cool. Yes. And, the, the, and I just, don't forget, I just started playing now. Yeah. <laughs> and we were playing behind all these big artists. But I, I didn't, Look at it like that. Mm-hmm. Like most most young people would like that would be a blessing if it was a blessing. Yeah. But I just love playing. Yeah. And yeah. before you know it, uh, uh, I have met a fellow by the name of Jack McDuff, and he had a little guitarist by the name of George Benson. George Benson was playing with Jack McDuff. Yeah. He, he was playing, he came by this club and he had heard me earlier when I just got the organ. He said, I heard you got an organ and they needed an organ to rent an organ. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. He said, he talked me into it. So I, I rented the organ. Guess how much it was? How much? <laughs> I think it was. $25 for <laughs> wow. a week. Man. Now, how would I take that? Do you like that? <laughs> I didn't even get the $25. Wow. I, and so they said, man, they plan that organ up, they turn that music up, they turn the organ up. Turn the organ up. I'm thinking that. So I, I run up there to see who was messing my organ up. And it was, it was Lou Donaldson. Wow. And I said, wait a minute. Wow. And so I said to myself, I met him and everything. And I left. And I got Morgan back. Very cool. And, and meanwhile, I had been going back and forth to New York and different places to play and come back. And I would go back to uh, Ohio. Grant Green was, yeah. he was one of the four 
thought he was a top guitarist. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wasn't about to go play with my guitar started playing. So what happened was uh, at that time, I decided to keep on. I went back to Lion, played with the group, you know? Yeah. What happened? The same manager, Jimmy Boyd, Look up 
So what did George Benson teach you about life? I mean, just playing in, in life in general. Well, George, George had, first of all, he had got this experience from Jack McDuff, but being out there on the road and stuff, I was out there on the road, but uh, when I would play behind a lot of them all the time, because we'd go through little towns and things, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, playing, playing with George, it gave me the experience of... Uh, I'm putting that, I'm putting the things together and, and learning how to do that because he has gotten that and uh, I understood it because everything was new for me yeah. and I was learning a lot from that because he had been playing since he was about six years old. I was six years old. I thought it was about 20, yeah. 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and uh, it was it was beautiful. And so I, I brought uh, another thing into his his group by playing, because um, I had been in that pop field playing a kind of Motown groups and things. So I brought a little that to his thing, you know. Yeah. And he was he was playing uh, jazz, a lot of jazz. Mm-hmm. And I love jazz. I was playing some jazz, but not a lot. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, it was beautiful. Very so nice. uh, we had the trio and that, that was it. Cool. Before we had the But he brought a lot, he brought a lot. And the group worked all the time. Yeah, that's wonderful. Worked. Yeah. So who were your heroes, Dr. Smith? Who do you look at and say, that, that's my hero? Yeah. 
city portion of this one of your students uh, Chris Hazelton he's tearing things up here in Kansas City as well yeah yeah so he's doing great in fact I just got uh, one of his discs in the mail and it's it's sweet it's a little 45 sounds like honey coming out of the speakers do you like being famous dr. Smith I never think of it because I'll take the instance um, I love music so much. Uh, it's, it's, see, when I go out on stage or I walk down the street or somebody calls me or something like that, and or I go to a concert, a musician come up to me, and I don't think of it as that because I see myself just as a person. Yeah. And, and that's the way I feel. It's a beautiful feeling to be recognized. You don't know who they're supposed to be recognizing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, who are they talking to? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not talking to me because I don't feel like they feel the same thing. Yeah. I only feel like, uh, oh, and then they say, oh, thank you. Thank you. I, oh, I said, thank you for what? You know, I didn't do anything. Yeah. But, but it's what I see when you're out here and you have done good work or any kind of work, it starts coming back to you. 
Yeah. You know, when you get awards and things like that, you know, the Hall of Fame and the and the Dr. Lonnie Smith Day and all of that stuff, you it's like you don't believe it. You just you don't know what's going on. Yeah. You're like you're stunned. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So it's a great great thing though. Absolutely. So over all of these years, what has inspired you to make the music from the moment that Art gave you that Hammond to today? What has kept you moving forward and making the great music that you make? Well, I, I think, uh, first of all, it's like, ever since I remember the first song I wrote on that organ. Do you know I've never recorded that song? Wow. I never recorded the song. I remembered it. Right now, I still remember the key and everything, and I play it by ear. I remember that song right now. Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, when I said at Oregon, uh, it's like, I, didn't, I don't know what it is. And then to, when you touch it, then things start to come to you as you play. Yeah. And that's and, and when I play the organ, uh, it's like a flame. It's like a fire. Uh, electricity is burning through my soul. Yeah. My feet all the way up. That's what it's like to me. Cool. It's, it's experience I get every time. The yeah. blood, you know, it just, it just feels... You know, it just, it's electricity. Yeah. It feels so good, but it feels good because it's warm. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. It's warm. And I get, in other words, I get more out of it than I think the people would it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, it's like I enjoy it because, like, when you play, some people play, they practice. Uh, they practice, and then they play what they practice. And that's, that's not the way. Right. I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah. The way, like, like you're talking to me now, you come right back, yeah. and then we talk, and, and then it expires you to say something else. Sure. And it expires you, uh, it's like, you get that feeling, you say, oh yeah, I want to ask him this. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. Right. When you play on that music, it's like to me, so like, I want to feel the same feel that you feel. So the people are feeling the same what I'm feeling when I'm up there playing. In other words, if I go for this and you trip, that's what I want to hear. Mm -hmm. It is, you fall, you play that. If you laugh, you play that. If you cry, you play that. You have to play light. Right on. Light. And when you do that, you're not, you're telling the truth. Yeah. I want to hear your story. I don't want to hear, uh, just feel. I don't want to hear that. I don't care if it's number one note. I want to feel that. Let me hear, hear that, what you feel. That's what you feel. Don't feel bad because you can't play like so-and-so that you don't play like as well as so-and-so. Sure you do. You know, just to give you an example, you know, this might sound funny, you know this fellow by the name of Tom Wait. Oh, yeah. Uh, right? Oh, yeah. I feel it. Yeah. I feel it. And that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I just want to feel you. It's not, you know, I mean, some people can sing their can off, mm -hmm. technically, but it's not, it's just technically, it's, I don't, I, I, I think you understand exactly what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, I do. Yeah, so it doesn't matter how great you are, who I feel you. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. 
Well, that's what someone like Bob Dylan was like when he came out. You know, there was a lot of yeah. people that were technically better, but Bob had the soul, man. He got out there and just made the world yeah. listen. You feel the pain of people. Johnny Cash. Yep. You know, you want to feel the pain of somebody that hurt. I want to feel your story. Let tell me about your story when you read a book. You want a good book. You know, that's what it is. Sure. It's, that's the that's same thing with music. Tell your story. Oh, I don't want to hear somebody else. Tell your story. That's right. <laughs> Are you worrying about? I can't tell you I can't sing like them though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, th- that kind of that's a great segue into my next question here. You do covers of uh, your your album on Beck was beautiful. You do mm-hmm. all kinds of covers from the Beatles to Hendrix. Why do you like to do covers? I don't think of it like that. You know, I think of it. You know how like. You have your classic. Yeah. And classical music also. Mm-hmm. European classical music. Yeah. And whatever, American classical music. You have songs that you play Swan Lake forever. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's a beautiful song. And that's what I hear in a song. I don't play a song to make a hit or to try to a hit. I put it that way. Yeah. Uh, because I just love that particular song. I hear something that's oh, I haven't my head is constantly hearing something. And you hear it and you hear it different. I don't have to play it the way they did it because yeah, I just hear it different. Well, he's not saying it as well as some, so I'm not trying to. I'm saying it because I love the song, and this is the way I hear it. Absolutely. And that's the beauty. That's the beauty. So, like, all the music is potent. Yeah. Potent. They all are classical music. Rock. Rock. Rap. All of it's so beautiful. Yeah. Now, imagine. Now, how can I say Rap. And all that rock. You know, he can't play. He's playing jazz. He can't play. He's playing rock. He can't. Everybody is against each other. And it shouldn't because it's all one thing. Music and touching and making the world a better place. See, that's the thing about this music. It touches all over the world. I just, I just came back from uh, Israel. And uh, all the things they were talking about on the news, you know, I didn't see none of that. Yeah. It was, I didn't see one smoke. You know, not even a from a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was like, and they treated me swell. It was beautiful. I ate well. The music was, it was just beautiful. That's great. You know, I could see Egypt, Jordan, and all of those. Uh, everything was always right there, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't see one smoke bomb. And this is what I'm saying. So it connects everyone all over the world. Yeah. So therefore, all the music, because you got 12 tones. Although I don't read, you have 12 tones. Mm-hmm. So each one of those tones, everyone is playing. <laughs> one of those notes so, so you see yeah so so why are you saying well I don't like that I don't like the way you play I don't it's your taste you know just like if you listen to a, a song and I try to tell a student this uh, well he plays better than so and so you know uh, play hmm. oh is that so I say see everybody Great within their own realm, yeah. as much as they can go. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. He can go and take it as far as he can take it. Now, it's just like you've got runners, you run it, and you pass this baton that stick to the other guy or girl, and they run. And that's a, 
tape the other guy's girl or the guy is faster than the other. I put him here. So he'll be, you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. We got the passes and it goes. It's beautiful to see. Yeah. We're doing this together all over the world. I go to Europe and I play with orchestras and different things. And they, they don't, uh, some of them can't speak uh, this, but they can play the music. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, we have to say one word. Right. You know, but we can play the music and laugh and smile, and uh, that's the way we speak. Absolutely. And if anything's going to help the world come together, it would be music. One of the things that will definitely be music. Yeah. You know? Without a doubt. And speaking of the music, in your career from Finger Lickin' Good in 1966 all the way up to The Healer in 2012, when you sit back and think about periods of recording in your life, what really... What period do you really think about as being monumental for you? Uh, the last uh, album I did was called In the Beginning. Okay. That, that particular song um, kind of takes me back. Yeah. You know, because when I wrote In the Beginning, it was like in the beginning of, uh, I felt that, it's like the world, you know? Yeah. It's like, it opened up to me. That was, that was the beginning of my world opening up. Yeah. And then, later on, I wrote a song called And the World Weeps, World Weeps. Um, it, it, in other words, it cried. It's yeah. crying because of what's going on now. Yeah. Yeah. Feel, I feel all of this. At that time, I feel all of those things. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. So, your music exudes such soul and happiness, and I can just tell by talking to you now. You're you're a very sage man. What has been the key to your happiness and and staying positive and being such a force not only in music but in life? I, I think what it is, I, I I didn't see music. I didn't choose music. It chose me. Mm. And uh, I found my passion in life. So I can't wait to the next day. It's like a beginning all over again. Right on. That I can do what I didn't do yesterday. Cool. And it, it keeps it really keeps me going. When you go out there and you play, if you could just see the young kids. I mean, when I say young kids, beautiful when they come up to you and say, thank you, I played at little schools where, I mean, really small kids, they draw pictures and things, and, and thank you, thank you, and they're giving me pictures, and you call yourself funny, I'm with the beer and everything. <laughs> they enjoyed it so much. That's cool. And that's what keeps me going, because I can't wait to I, do it again, some more, more. You remember that movie they had? Uh, maybe you can tell me the name of this movie. It was about the Jews, Jewish, and they were trying to save them. Schindler's List? Yeah. What was what it called? Schindler's List? A Liam, Liam Neeson, right? Yes, and it was, yeah, that was the Spielberg film back in the 90s. It's that song, I mean, that song, <laughs> see, I think about song all the time. Even when I, when I go anywhere, anything I hear is music. Yeah. So, <laughs> what happens? <laughs> that's cool. It's that truth. That is the truth. That is the truth. You know when he says, oh, I, if I sold the car, could I save one more person? Yeah. That would have been me would have definitely been me. Yeah. I 
could have saved one more person. See, like, I think, do I think constantly how to, I, I see it. I see it in my mind. You have to have a vision, first of all, whatever you do. I see, uh, not quite, we'll call it a retirement, but something like that where the musicians have a place when they get older yeah. and or they can't play anymore. They can, the amateur things are gone. They can't play as well. But they can go here and they don't have to, they can't travel, but they can go here. They don't have to worry about paying rent and struggling. Yeah. All our friends that are doctors and lawyers, you have internships, have them to come and help out. And they can teach the musicians, can teach there. All the people that come from Europe and all places to study, they come, they can come here to this school and help keep that going and help the musicians, the elderly musicians. And the musicians that have been out there, they can really teach them the real truth about the music, the music world and how it works, not just playing. Yeah. But they can teach them a lot. Now, not only that, purpose also, that's one purpose. What about the purpose of them playing in this place, even though the amateur is not as well, it's not as good. Yeah. They get up and play, and the people say, oh, you don't know, play like you used to be. I spent all this money, and he doesn't play it. You see? They don't have to worry about that. Because we know why he's there, we know he's sick, we want to see him and see him anyway and give him inspiration. So these people can still teach, and not only that, that's only two. Now the third is, imagine all of these people I just named, some of them, imagine being at one place and we can go out and talk about what we did yesterday, you know, they get old up there, and yeah, we used to have fun, didn't we? We used to do this, and you remember this? And they're laughing and joking. Now, what a lovely way to go. Yeah. If you have to pass. Yep. Because, see, on the road, we catch up with each other maybe sometime two, three, four, five, ten years later. We say, I haven't seen you in a long time. We are here. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't I just, wouldn't that be something? I mean, it would be, I can, well, you can feel me through the phone, probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm so excited, you know. It's like, I can see it. I know it can happen. I know it. It is going to happen. You know. Yeah. They have a place where they can go. Don't have to worry about that stuff. They're out here because they can't afford it. They can't get, they can't buy a house. Why? Because they can't get a loan from the, the bank and stuff. They don't, you don't have a steady job. Sure. They, they can't have, they don't have insurance. They don't have this stuff. Yeah. Wouldn't that be beautiful? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Now, see, if I had the, that kind of money, it would be worth it. Yeah. I, I, that's why I said, Tim, I would say, take it. Yeah. This, this oh, it'd be worth it. Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. So in that vein right there, I'm going to wrap things up, and this is what I want to ask you. In, say, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, we all as, as a collective open up the jazz annals of history. How do, we, how do you want the world to remember Dr. Lonnie Smith? I would like for them to remember that he did leave something beautiful and that my, I hope my music stay with him forever. You know, and yeah. the kids uh, keep playing and, and they think about me every time they play and you know, this is what Dr. Smith did, this is him, this is, you know, that's a beautiful thing, you leave something, leave something on his don't just go and take Take, 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 take. Leave something. 
do something. Do something to make the world happy, you know, people happy. But people, you know, they got a habit of doing a take, take, take. And that's how I want them to remember me. He gave us something. Right on. That's beautiful. Love and joy. Dr. Smith, thank you for giving me your time, your energy, your lineage of your life. It's beautiful. Thank you for all the music and, and more importantly, your time today. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was a pleasure. It was a really pleasure. Yo, thank you very much. You bet. I hope this makes you soon, okay? Absolutely, sir. You have a good day and continued success. All right, thank you. Be good. Keep doing the great work. All right. You too, sir. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the legends that have stormed and taken over the world of jazz over the years and given fans all of that jazz. And thanks to the legendary Dr. Lonnie Smith for his time, wisdom, and graciousness. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or visit theneonjazz.blogspot.com for all things Neon Jazz. Until next time, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.